This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the You Stadium app. Ustadium.com. I love this intro, baby. We're in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with You Stadium. Just the best part. Hey, yeah, that, that is the best part. Yeah. Um, welcome back, everybody. We are back on timeout with you stadium. We got the best looking duo out of the out of the two that we could oh, yeah. pick for the night. <laughs> out of the three. Uh, we don't know where Brie is. We have no idea where uh, we're looking for. I think she took another last minute vacation. So, uh, so Brie, if you're watching, uh, how you doing out there? But no, Brie, uh, Brie's off for the night. She had, um, uh, she had some, some, some issues with her, with her Wi-Fi and whatnot. And, uh, we just said, don't worry about it. Don't, don't stress. So Nick and I are on tonight. You got the original duo, the OG twos. Um, yeah, we have a, we have a packed night tonight. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll, uh, we'll get into obviously the NCAA and, uh, what they just came out with today, allowing uh, college athletes to be paid for the first time, which is actually insane if you think about it. I mean, th- there are already athletes out there signing deals, and we'll talk about that a little later. Um, we'll get into uh, to someone that uh, reminds me a little bit of Nick Spano. That's Trevor Bauer. I'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later. <laughs> and it is Bobby Bonilla Day, baby. One of the best days of the year. Another 1.19 in the books. That's gonna be fun. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll get into uh, we'll get into uh, Yankees and, and Mets talk. New York baseballs in a bad spot right now, especially from for my uh, for my Yankees fans out there. But uh, but yeah, Nick, let's jump into it. Big news of the day: um, uh, the Washington football team was fined a record ten million dollars uh, by the NFL for. Um, Basically, conduct that is toxic and uh, demeaning towards employees um, of the, of the team over the last decade. Uh, if you remember last year, the Washington Post reported that as many as forty women who worked for the organization came forward and described uh, the workplace as being demeaning towards female employees, as being toxic, that they were sexually harassed and discriminated against. Um, the NFL then and went. And independently hired um, an attorney named Beth Wilkinson, and she basically reviewed the culture behind the organization. And uh, uh, as a part of her investigation, she interviewed over 150 people and found out that a lot of this stuff was true. Um, now, there's another side to the coin here where uh, there are attorneys that are of these 40 women. And they're alleging that um, the NFL did not do their diligence in terms of releasing a written report. Because what happened was Beth Wilkinson, who was hired by the NFL, released a report that was oral only. That was basically just to Roger Goodell stating what had happened. Roger said, I'm fining you, Dan Snyder, this money. Let's move on. And then the attorneys for these 40 women, um, she's basically saying that uh, that's not – uh, that wasn't right necessarily and that the league should have 
issued written reports from these women. So it, it's a mess right now. This is, story is going to keep going it's on. Typical and on. of the NFL. I mean, they just want to, you know, pretend publicly, image-wise, show that they pretend to care about a situation, find them, throw the money towards a charity, and just move on to the next one. And fitting of the Washington franchise, that's been just a public and also private, obviously, disaster for decades now. And Dan Snyder behind the scenes of all of that. And now he's appointing, uh, make, trying to make it seem like he's actually changing and appointing women in, in you know, prominent roles, almost as a uh, trying to, to save face and show as if he's kind of learned his lesson here. But it's just, it's, it's like, uh, it's ugly. And it's just very typical Seriously. of like the, the, the NFL, like kind of like boys club and, and how they've acted in the past. And it's typical of the NFL for kind of just sweeping it up under the rug and moving on until the, uh, the next investigation pops up. Yeah, seriously. And I love how the NFL comes out every year and they're like supporting all these like forward thinking movements. And they're like this, you know, trying to be this like stainless <clears throat> league. And we're so supportive. You're only supportive because it puts money in your pocket. When it comes down to the brand, they're always going to support their brand first. They could care less about anybody else. They didn't care about <laughs> Kaepernick until people actually started caring about Kaepernick. Then they cared about Kaepernick. I mean, they're very that's reactively how they, reactive. They react to everything. They don't. They don't get in all front. the time. Yeah, it's it's honestly just the way that they've been doing things for forever, and they'll probably keep keep doing it that way. But uh, but yeah, um. Just to kind of wrap that up, we just wanted to throw that out there. That news broke recently, um, and uh, this these attorneys, Lisa Banks and and Deborah Katz, who represent the forty Washington football team employees, are saying, uh, which Splash um, has up right now, it's 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 outrageous that, and it's a slap in the face that the uh, Washington football team hasn't been uh been been able to release a public statement, or the NFL hasn't either, and they're just kind of sweeping this under the rug. So. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing will change as long as Dan Snyder owns that team and he's not going anywhere. And that's not really – the NFL protects – as much as it protects its shield, it protects its owners too as well. And you can't – you know, those guys are Teflon. So there's there's no – unless Snyder's on film or audio or video doing something, saying something, there's not – there's never going to be enough evidence for the NFL to actually, you know, force him out and be proactive about a situation like this. They'll always react to the public outcry – and fine and make them seem like they're doing something about it, but they'll never actually step up to the plate and forcibly remove Dan Snyder because we know what will happen with that and it'll be ugly and the owners will all be pissed and the owner, Roger Goodell works for the owners. So we all know he's not going to be doing anything like that. Yeah. hundred percent, man. It's, it's just, it's the same story. I feel like we had this conversation about yeah, a new every year. There's a new, and it's the yeah, same. Exactly. It beats the same drum all the time. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's get into it. Our top 10 uh, uh, shout-outs to, to those in the comments. I'm reading one. Julian, I, I don't know what happened to your shirt. I, we send out like a million T-shirts, uh, <laughs> I feel like, every month. I have no idea. If, if you emailed and it didn't get sent, I, I, I don't know. Email again. Email, yeah, email just, Nick just, at you, U Stadium, Julian. We'll take yeah, care yeah, of we'll take care of it, man. We have a million in bold on the subject line, Julian from the show's T-shirt, and I'll make sure to yeah, get back yeah, to you yeah. on it. Sometimes stuff gets caught up. Sometimes, I, I don't know. I don't know who reached out to you, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, Shout-outs to RyeJetNet. Uh, I don't know who that is, but uh, shout out. That's to Ryan, you, I think. Ryan Mitchell. Oh, shit. Sure. What's up, Ryan? stay the same. Yeah, that's good, Ryan. bro. What's, what's up, up, bro? Go yeah. on. Chat. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, he's he's really good. 
Um, both New York teams were both New York baseball teams were embarrassed last night and more, you know, Mets obviously a 20 to two loss to Atlanta, but the way the Yankees lost that game after the rain delay was, you know, Aaron judge sitting out against Otani was kind of weak in my opinion, but we'll get into that later on. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, about so the line. It's my favorite position. Yeah, but in football. Really quick. We want to give, uh, uh, we'll give a shout out to, to Steve French. He brings up something big. The merch shop, we're going to start throwing up merch like you guys have never seen before. We threw up a John Collins shirt that, I'm not kidding, went viral in Atlanta. So if you're out in the ATL, you'll see people with the John Collins dunking shirt that's a U Stadium (laughs) shirt. So I think we sold more of that John Collins shirt than we sold any other piece of merch we've ever sold. That that shirt went crazy. So we're, we're going to start selling more shirts in the shop. Um, so, yeah, m- make sure you guys check that out, and we'll be, we'll be sure to, to, oh, we're to also, post we're, it out. We're also going to talk about the other football, too, around 645. We're going to have Martino Puccio of The Athletic cover soccer and betting for them. And he's a big, uh, as you could tell by that name, first and last name, a big Italian soccer fan. So he'll hop on around 645 if you guys care about the Euro Cups and the semifinals now. So. That'll be fun starting up tomorrow. And I've, obviously, as you can tell, we've talked about on the show before, Frank, myself, and Bree, a uh, big Italian soccer fan. So um, we'll get into that around 645 if you guys want to stick around for that. Martina does a great job. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to ask him a ton of questions, man. You guys were actually right because I was arguing with you guys saying that. About France, should, right? About France should be ranked higher than Italy. And, and that's like sacrilegious for me to say. And, 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 and Germany and Portugal. And you were like, watch, Italy's going to go far this year. So that was, Italy that had was a tough cool. one, though. Austria, yeah, Austria they didn't look was that a good. tough matchup. And as you know, the Italian soccer team, we'll, we'll get into this. They tend to play to the competition. They'll play down to a team like Austria but if you know Belgium, who they play tomorrow, one of the better, you know, more you know fast and uh, high-powered offenses, if De Bruyne plays, you know they they'll play up to them. So they'll, you know, I have a good feeling about that tomorrow. But again, we'll we'll get into that. Let's talk some O line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can catch all these shows on uh, on on uh, Apple or Spotify. We we every show's recorded and we upload it. So you can check out Timeout with Houston in the podcast. It's actually a good podcast if you're if you're you know going to work in the morning. I. I I like it because I like listening to Nick. You know, like oh, me and him you. last week arguing was was pretty was pretty interesting. What but, was uh, last week one's about? Oh, uh, the Nets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I t- what did I told you? Uh, guarantee about the Bucks. Oh, you did. Yep. Yeah. What about what now I- though? They're they're like. I mean, both teams are. are yeah, we'll get up. we'll get we'll get into that a little later. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's drop our top ten offensive linemen. Oh, Tristan Wirfs won the fan vote. Damn, I, I did not that, expect guys. that. Wow. I mean, I got, you know I got an issue with the U Stadium fan votes, man. Except, actually, you know, I'll give them credit no, for the sticky really, last no, week. No, not really. I mean, so, some of them have been rough, man. Worse we isn't young, a bad one. No, he's not at all, but he's a rookie and he played with Tom Brady, who makes every offensive lineman look a lot better than he is. And I don't know. I just don't, I, I wouldn't put him up there yet. But look, he's a great, He's a, he's got a great, you know, future ahead of him in my opinion i think he's great but i I wouldn't put him top 10 yet all right so how we do the fan vote basically is when we do this in-house the top we do the top nine and then we have our 10th uh uh lineman or top 10th player we make him uh go to a vote and we push it out to everyone on the app 10 to 15 we put in yeah 10 to 15 we make a fan yeah so what our top you see the top nine there is so we were arguing about you know uh, 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 you know, Armstead. Frank Ragnew, Armstead. Um, you know, how high do you put Zach Martin? 
Um, wow, Nick, Tr- Trent Williams putting him up there and putting Martin down. That was a Nick move right there. I didn't that was that a, that was a, yeah, I, I had to overrule that one. Martin had a terrible, well, hurt year last year. He's getting a little, I know he's Williams is probably older, but Williams had his best year of his career last year in San Fran and, um, got that huge contract. I think he, him and Bakhtiari are the two best tackles in football. Yeah, no, I I, sh- I I agree with that. What I will say is for the fan vote, Nick, if you had to say right now, um, we had Shaq Mason, Corey Lindsley, yep. Teron Armstead, Brandon Scherf, Garrett Bowles, and uh, Tristan Wirfs ended up winning. Who would you take out of that? Armstead you- and then uh, – uh, Rank them. Who else did you say? Armstead, them Lin- Armstead, Lindsley, Mason, Scherf, Bowles, Wirfs. Uh, Armstead, Scherf, Mason – Worse, Lindsley. Lindsley Bowles, because Bowles yeah. again, he was a bust leading up until like Denver. I remember I I talked to these Broncos fans and they were burying this guy. They t- said he was a total bust, terrible pick, had a huge year. You know they they didn't even pick. I think they declined his option. Um, and now he signed this huge deal in Denver. And and to his credit, I mean, he turned himself into, you know, made made himself a big uh, a payday. Got himself a big payday in Denver. He's the starting left tackle there and. Um, you know, he's, he, he had a, an awesome year. Um, I don't know if the weird, co- I don't know, the last year was just such a strange year, man. And like, I don't know how much you could take out of certain things and, you know, the penalty situation I know, and even splash just said it like the holding calls last year, bulls benefited from that. I mean, that we can get into that, but I, I don't, I don't know. He probably, I, honestly, I would probably put like Becton over him, a few other guys over Garrett Bowles, just, just based off of like a ceiling alone. And the fact that Bowles has a lot of bad film on tape um, and these other guys really don't. So I think Taron Armstead, um, I know he got hurt a that little was bit. My I think guy. he's the best. Yeah. That's I my, think yeah. he should be out up of, there. Out of those, out of those, uh, uh, fan vote guys we just gave and mm-hmm. someone that belongs in that group. I think it's Teron Armstead. You know what though? Armstead and Ramsey and Ramcheck, they didn't have the seasons that they had previously because Drew Brees wasn't playing as much a quarterback yeah. like Drew Brees, the way they move in the pocket helps you as an offensive lineman to, uh, to look better and to grade better on those PFF Agreed. rankings. So um, Ramcheck yeah, just signed I, a huge deal too. five year, yeah. $92 million extension. So that was a, he was he was he's, on the he's awesome, option man. this year. He is. Yeah, he's. I think he's. If not, you know, t- if not the best right tackle in football, he's definitely top two or three. So, um, he's a he's a that that draft. I mean, like when you look back on that draft, the Saints had Lattimore, Kamara, yeah. uh, Ramchick. Like that's incredible. That's an incredible. Those are three like elite level players. The three yeah. an elite level corner. Uh, Marcus Williams, a safety. Also, I don't think he's an elite safety, but I think he's kind of on that next year. I mean, that's one of the best drafts of all time, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that draft is amazing. That draft, I mean, they had you, you had you had all pros on, on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had all pros on the offensive line as well. I mean, that was a sick, sick draft. Um, but yeah, let's jump into let's jump into college sports now. You know, saving from from the draft. What's going on in college sports right now with this? Uh, with the ability for players to be able to benefit and monetize off their name and likeness, this is blowing up into something that I don't think people realize how big this actually is. Um, yeah, you can, as uh, you know, your image as well, you can benefit from your name, your likeness. You have college athletes already signing with brands. So mm-hmm. um, there was, 
there was these two college uh, uh, female athletes who already went. These the, these Cavender twins, they went and they signed with. Uh, what's the company Splash that they sign with? Um, Boost Mobile. I mean, like to think that at midnight they went and signed with Boost yeah. Mobile. They get an ad in Times Square already. I mean. The, the stuff that's going to happen right now with college athletes, I cannot see the NCAA being happy with this. Nick, I don't know what you think, but I think this yeah, is Yeah, I mean, well, Bo Nix, too, the Auburn quarterback, went and signed with, like, a T company. And um, then you have colleges like BYU, our, you know, who our Jets just took the uh, the star quarterback from, is getting out in front of the this, you know, this, this new uh, name, image, likeness, and saying, you still have to adhere to our school laws, basically – you know, any deal that they, the athletes, they're allowing athletes to go about and get, you know, their, their deals and whatnot, but it has to be approved by the school. It has to follow their code, you know, the code of conduct between, you know, it's a Mormon school. So no caffeine, which is crazy. So no tea deal, no coffee deal, no alcohol, um, you know, n- nothing, no cutoffs showing any arms or anything. like, it, like they have some weird laws at BYU. Um, and then on the other hand, it's just you know, the SEC, especially at these schools like Clemson and, um, Alabama, Texas A&M, where they, these players have been doing this under the table forever, um, can go about and, you know, go to the local local car dealership and, and get this big, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars or whatever it may be to go and do an autograph signing. Look, I'm all for paying the players. I never was one to like say, no, these colleges basically own these players because of the revenue that these players are generating for these schools is the only reason. I get yeah. the whole uh, you know, scholarships and they're paying for these great schools. But look, a lot of these kids are putting their bodies on the line. A lot of them aren't going to go into the NFL. So if you're telling me, you know, Bo Nix, let's say he'll probably be, probably be a draft pick. Maybe I don't think he's I mean, personally, I don't think he's that great, but go and make money now while your athletic ability allows you to, because you don't know what you're going to do after school. So my question I'm is this though, how do these athletes really know wh- what to do or where to go to get this money? I mean, when I was in college and I played, you know, I played football in college, where do you go? Like, where do you start? I know the age of social media is blown up. So when I was in school, I remember, believe it or not, Splash and, and, and people out there. When, when I went to school, we had flip phones. I had a Nokia. I didn't have the iPhone didn't come out until my freshman year. And people at my school didn't have it until my senior year. So now it's different. But. It's, it seems like you need some sort of some sort of strategy or uh, some, some 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 representation as a player to be able to uh, find brands and sponsors. I mean, how, how's it going to work uh, with school and, and meetings and, and playing and yeah. practice? I don't know. It, it sounds like it's going to be a lot. Well, you have a lot of these slimy marketing agents who like you know they know every you know the top fifty players on all of these college or you know I should say twenty players on all these college rosters and they just hit them up on Twitter or Instagram and say, Hey, I have a, a memorabilia deal that want, you know, you come and sign a hundred footballs, I'll pay you a thousand dollars for the day to do it. So they're going to get just these slimy like marketing guys. And then some honest marketing guys who really, you know, do have legit, you know, business opportunities for them and, and they'll kind of have to bring it upon themselves. But I'm sure this is a, this is kind of the road that you have to kind of cross when you, when you do get there and you are here now. So it's going to be interesting to see. Did you see Barstool? Barstool just signed two girls, like random girls. I don't even know if they look like they're like field hockey players. They're obviously attractive women. So Barstool just went and just like signed them to their to their Barstool Entertainment label. Um, so are they Oregon players, right? Oh, they're I Oregon think, players. What sports so. do they play? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't We'll have to check I, with Splash. I know he has. He knows all these yeah, things. So, Splash knows. He knows Splash knows all. Well, I mean, the number one thing that everybody wants to talk about is NCAA football. I think not this year. I don't even know, and I could check with Splash. I don't know if it's next year or the year after that. But now you're going to have this big push for the the cover of the NCAA tournament, uh, the NCAA college football game. And I mean, in my opinion, it's a better game than Madden. I know a lot of people love it. You can play with so many schools. It's great. And um, you know, we crap. we asked, and Frank, you didn't you didn't like my comment. I, I saw that right away. I think you thought, worst like, comment. Worst comment I saw. How Johnny Manziel is one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time. You think Johnny Manziel, if NCAA football 22 has a player on the cover, you would, if you had to pick one. He's the perfect guy for, for what's going on right now with the signings. Like Manziel was the one, him and like Cam Newton got in trouble for the autograph signings. It'd be, it'd be hilarious if he goes on there and, and he's like the, the first face of NCAA football. Like now that you can do the, the image and lightning of lightness, it'd be hilarious. Dude, I get the worst taste in my mouth seeing Johnny Manziel. I know. I hear you. I just – something grimy about that guy. I just like – for him to be on the cover of a game after they just allowed college athletes to benefit from their name, Who's image, your cover and likeness. Guy? Oh, man. You know who my cover guy is. Tebow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, no. Tebow would be awesome. Guy, man. Put Tebow know, on Florida but- on the cover. You make a cool game. You have a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, you have a bunch of new plays, and you could, you know, run that read option. Yeah, Bersh goes, I'd never buy a man. Manziel is still loved by people in Texas and around that program and stuff. He's still like a god among them. So I, I personally, I can't stand him anymore. I I was interested. I loved him in college. I was interested to see where he was, you know, going to be in the NFL. I thought he was going to be good. But, like, now I'm just at the point. It's just, like, I agree with what you're saying, Frank. It's, like, kind of grimy when you see him and stuff. But, like, it would be really – it would be almost like a kick in the ass to the NCAA if Mansell was on the cover. That's why I thought he'd be yeah. perfect for it. You know it would be an interesting one? Go a little throwback. Have Steve Young at BYU. Throw the lefty <laughs> up there for Zach yeah, Wilson be being a BYU quarterback. <laughs> you know, just, just have I, a little bit of uh, – connect those dots for people. People go and buy that stuff. Throw up in your throw in the comments, guys. Who would be your ideal NCAA cover guy? Doesn't it could be funny? It could be a serious one. Could be an old school guy. Could be a current player. You know, I know some some people said like Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know he's the best defensive player. Obviously, Reggie Bush would be a great one. Deshaun Watson, the Clemson Lawrence, obviously was one I saw too. But um, the Reggie Bush Bush situation, Frank, and I know you were more a lot more into it. Um, he posted a statement. Basically, obviously, they they took his Heisman away. Um, kind of ties right into this, right, Frank? The the NCAA uh, ruling yep. coming down to to take his Heisman. And um, what did he get caught with again? Was he signing memorabilia too, or was he what was he doing? They didn't they didn't disclose everything, but apparently, yeah, he was signing memorabilia. He was taking cash under the table. He was he took in cars and whatnot. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The Hummer, right? It was like a Hummer yeah. car, I think. I mean, Hummer was LeBron too, but they were saying LeBron rolled up in a Hummer to his high school basketball gym for practice. Oh yeah, I remember that. But that was that's that's something else completely. No one ever investigated that though. Hummer's Um, a uh, Hummer's an American car, right? I'm surprised he didn't roll up in anything you know Chinese or Japanese or something, LeBron. (laughs) Nick, China and Japan are two completely different countries. I I know. I'm By the way, you know, just to add the argument, you know who should be on the cover splash I'm looking right now? Vinny Testaverde at the <laughs> U, baby. Yeah. Put Vinny up there, Miami U. 
That's a W. I mean, I'm all for That's Vinny. Greenhead is the man. I'm, I'm oh, all yeah. for that. But, uh, but yeah, no, back to Reggie Bush situation. Reggie Bush wants to ha- get his Heisman back. He wants all his records to stand. Uh, the NCAA and the trusts um, basically took it all away from him. And now he's saying that because players are able to benefit, why can't I get my stuff back? My take on that is, well, when you were playing, that wasn't part of, of, of the rules. So you can't like retroactively go back and say, oh, that's like a player now taking steroids and saying, oh, let me go back to when, you know, Barry Bonds and Andy Pettit were playing and, and I want to take performance enhancing drugs or something because it wasn't part of like the rule book. You can't can't say that. So I think that doesn't really make any sense. And people are like it's, backing up Reggie, but it's like, you, in my opinion, I, I want to hear what people think. But in my opinion, I think you can't retroactively go back when the rules at that point were saying that you couldn't do it. So. I just think it's such garbage how you just take it. Like he won the Heisman, everybody knows he won the Heisman, and then like years later they go. Yeah, and take I agree and with that. His record. It's like so petty. Like that's so common. Like, NCAA yeah. would do something like that, and like at this point now, look, they got shut down in the Supreme Court. They should just get in front of this and be like, "Look, we were wrong. Like the 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 kids make this make the league. Like college football is is." above anything in the South and different parts of the country. Maybe not where we are here in the Northeast. Obviously it's not as popular, you know, you go down a couple hours and, and it is, but at this point it's like, look, swallow your pride, get out in front of this, you know, help these players out, make money. Everybody's making money here. Everybody's happy. Or it could go real. it could get really ugly. So it really depends on like what the NCAA wants to do here. Give Bush back the friggin' records. It's so stupid. Everybody knows he won the, won the, Heisman anyway, and just move on from this. It's it's one of those like that, pivotal moments for the NCAA to actually just because everybody hate like and and to their fault like they another PR disaster league too. Like stop being so petty and just move on from this and just support these kids instead of like making it seem like such a tug of war all the time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that's perfectly said. Um, these leagues always try to have like this like historic pristine standing like give me an effing mm-hmm. break like you guys are the biggest scumbags in the world you made <laughs> tons of money off these college kids forever now you want to come out with oh we found the you know someone getting a, a check for for five thousand dollars and and we should ban them you know how much money reggie bush brought to you guys like give me mm-hmm. give me a break it's always the same thing man all these sports it gets me sick how like people just uh, for the most part a lot of people just suck I'm sorry. I mean, especially in these situations. People in power, like, for sure, man. It's not yeah. the, the average everyday people like us. No, and, yeah, of course. You know, people no, watching no. the show and these, these, these kind power. of people that, that we're talking about just suck. These yeah. suits. I'd love to see suck. what they're doing for $5,000. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, though. yeah. They're doing what uh, they're doing what the Clippers owner was doing on the bench. You know, Steve Ballmer. Did you see that? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? I thought he was like, Nick, I think you've done something. that before. I think you've done that before when you had a few. I thought he was wins, going down, you know? man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was like uh, something was happening to him when I first saw the Splash, video. Flash, can you get that clip up? It. By the oh, way, hit up, hit up U Stadium NBA. Hit up U Stadium MLB. U Stadium Soccer. We're gonna have Martino on soon to talk about the Euro. So make sure you follow those pages. Those pages have been getting even more lit than the OG at you stadium page. So make sure you follow those side pages. They're, they're, they're pretty gangster. Um, oh, we're in but, that, um, that, that weird, you know, four oh, it's such a bad period. period of the NFL. This is it. This is the only, you know, Super Bowl ends February. 
norm in a normal year you have two weeks to gear up and then you get you know the combine starts then in march you have free agency april you have the draft may and june you have those like little ota mini camps to look forward to but now after that last like mini camp in june 15th there you know that time of the year up until you know july 20th it's like absolutely dead and the only news you really normally get is bad news with you know players doing dumb shit or something going on in the league, but we didn't get, I'm afraid you're, you hit me up yesterday. It was funny because I think you were watching um, Clay and Luke and, and Austin from PFF to on uh, play like a jet live, which was awesome. Um, talk about Morgan Moses. And you were like, what is the jet? Like, what is the jets fans like obsession with Morgan Moses? And like, I've we never didn't talk about heard. that. They officially signed him. I was excited about that. I've never heard so much anal- you know, analysis and support for a mm-hmm. player that we haven't signed yet, but that we want to sign. They I'm signed like, them though officially. Yeah, it, but it was going yeah. on for like a month and a half. Yeah, these random Jets account are like, Jets accounts are like, oh, when are we going to sign Morgan Moses? Where's Morgan Moses? Oh, I can't wait for Morgan Moses. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, who is Morgan? <laughs> I, I honestly barely knew who Morgan Moses was. I'm being completely <laughs> really? like, who the hell is who the hell is Morgan Moses? I mean, he is one of the better right tackles. It was a, it was a surprise that that Washington let him go, but. Um... No, I think like part of it has I know, to do. I understand he's a good, listen, I know he's a decent right uh, right tackle, but I didn't know like this guy was that good. I mean, you would think like Trent Williams, you know, was the guy that people yeah. were talking about. If you switch Morgan Moses with Trent Williams, it's like that makes sense. But well, Morgan it's Moses fans being obsessive. It's the time of the year where there's nothing else going on, um, and then it's you know, <laughs> I thought Austin from PFF who who was on the show with Luke and Clay. Um, and you can watch them Wednesdays. I'm playing like a jet live. Here's the bomber. Yeah. Yo, it is, looks like is, he's going down. Yeah. I thought it, like, like, see, yeah. he did. That's like Nick when the did. Jets got Morgan Moses. You know, it's like that actually, was, Nick, I don't know Nick broke that story. Or, well, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't you broke break that when story he officially online. signed. I broke that he, you know, the Jets had real interest and they were talking about a multi year deal. At first, I thought it was a one year deal. Then, um, uh, Jeremy Fowler said a multi-year deal. I checked on that, and they said that they had two different two, two different deals for Moses. It was a one-year deal and a multi-year deal. He wanted to obviously get this deal where he'd get this incentive up to five and a half mil, and then try and get to the market again next year at thirty-one, and you know get a multi-year deal then. But um, great deal for the Jets uh, to shore up the offensive line. But Austin from PFF said um, the way they basically grade and you know said like you're only really as good as your weakest spot on the offensive line. And it makes sense because we've talked about that too, Frank. And, you know, this is not just a Jets conversation, but, you know, it, it has to do with the Jets. When the Jets had Revis and just Revis at corner, you know, in 2009, his like amazing season um, before Cromartie, like you can p- throw away from Revis. Like your other corner better be pretty good. But when like you can have Jonathan Ogden as your left tackle, if your right tackle and your right guard are shit, teams are just going to line that other edge rusher up on the other side of the field and just attack your weakness there. So with a guy like Becton, Vera Tucker, McGovern at center, who they're excited about in this system, he had an iffy year last year, the right side of that Jets line was really up in the air. So to sure up with a Morgan Moses, you really just did, you know, cement your, you know, the weakest spot of your offensive line with a guy who's a really quality player in Moses. So it really does, kind of tie and, and it really puts like a bow on and I was on with Scott from play the jet on his podcast. It really does put like a bow on the entire Jets offseason because the one what was the one issue, right, Frank, besides corner, was the Jets didn't sign any veteran offensive linemen. Jet fans were 
assuming they were going to get like a Corey Lindsley or a Joe Tooney in free agency, and yeah. they didn't. You know, they went out and they traded up for Vera Tucker, but they were more than a Vera Tucker away on the offensive line. So, you know, that that cap space that they did have, they were able to, you know, kind of flex their muscles here in June, you know, a team with the second most cap space and get a guy like Moses, who in a normal year wouldn't be available on June, you know, 30th or whatever it was. So tying that whole situation up, you know, that that to answer your question is why the Jeff fans were so, you know, obsessed about a Morgan Moses, but I digress. Yeah, and 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 listen, I know Morgan Moses was uh, for the deal that we gave him. His value is 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 higher. There, I know saying. you know Morgan Moses, by the way. No, then even like Ryan <laughs> Ryan Ramchek, like his value per yeah. dollar is higher. He was ranked high on PFF's offensive lineman list. Um, he's he's a quality player. I know who he is. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like you would think this guy was Trent Williams. And yeah, um, to play off what you were saying, we know it with Dwayne. I should have been a hunter. That oh if God, you don't have – you have that one-week link that's really bad, mm-hmm. you will get annihilated regardless, regardless of who else is on that line. Mangold, DeBrick, I mean, it didn't even matter. You can't move a left tackle to right to, to, to play. And then if you do, mm-hmm. they're going to move right – they're going to move the, the rush right back. So, all right, yeah. Let's uh, – we'll stay in New York. We're going to go to a different sport. You know what sport that is. We're not going to go to – basketball though i want to talk about my knicks a little bit i know i know nick doesn't because i would Nothing love happened, to trade right? for, well we want to trade for damian lillard so that would oh, make yeah, me extremely should. happy the deal that's been rumored we posted it on the app oh, shout yeah. outs uh to um i think it was i think it was stefan who posted that but it was from fan side that he posted on the app but um nick fans do not want to do, do that trade but i, I would see, I, have we'll talk about that that. I have a problem with that i have a problem with that and we can't talk about that but you kind of Push the button there. And I know Martino's here. We can have him hang back in, in the in trade is but the, the Look, trade is it's I saw people first, saying you can't trade RJ two, Barrett. Give me a it's break, RJ man. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, two Go, first round Dubai, picks, Mitch later. Robinson, and then you swap a pick. I agree later. with you. I agree. You sign, I actually agree you with you. Sign Randall back. You have Lillard, you you have more flexibility. Goodbye, Sealy. All those guys are nice little bench role players. R.J. Barrett's not a superstar. I know the Knicks want to hold on to any little bit of good feelings that they have. Goodbye. See you later. You don't have three stars, two stars in this league. You're not winning anything. So good luck. Yeah, with that's the thing with lead. God. No, it happens with New York teams all the time, though. Uh-huh. It's like, and Nick, this happens to you with, with players in the Mets. Me, for sure. It happens to you with players. It happens to me with players in the Yankees or whatever. We assume these guys are better than they are when other teams have guys like Lou Williams, for example, who do the same kind of shit mm-hmm. that sign you know, our kind of guys do, or some uh, pick any random guy out of a hat. You know, it's like it's just we look at these guys because we watch them every night and we fall in love with them, but. There's a bunch of other teams that have the same kind of guy, if not better. Um, so, yeah, it is what it Look, is. Um, but you, if the, if the Blazers would be dumb enough to take that deal, you do it in a second. Ninety <laughs> percent of care. actually, let's throw Martino on. Martino's better. But ninety percent of the Knicks fans that we asked that question specifically, would you do this trade? Uh, if you want to splash, you want to throw Martino and 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 that and that trade on. What's up, Martino? Marty, what's, what's up, bro? What's up, what's bro? going on? Martino, you're you're a Knicks fan. Are you doing? No, this? he's not. He's a Celtics fan. Celtics fan. Oh, do you do this if, trade if, if you're if, the Knicks? If you were a Knicks fan, <clears throat> so the whole thing is like, what is your goal at the end of the day? You're not winning a title with Dame and Julius Randle. Dame is probably not going to be happy with it. He signed on for another four years, but I agree with you, Nick. Like, you're an idiot if you're not tossing RJ Barrett in there. I know. 
Like all they do is overrate these guys. Mitchell Robinson mm-hmm. is probably the most overrated big. Man I agree basketball. with that hundred mm-hmm. percent. He's just he's just not that good. He can't even score for his life. Um, I mean, the picks it, it all varies though. I mean, is it are they protected, unprotected picks? Um, quickly, you don't even know if he's a one year one. A lot of these guys that play well outside of the lottery, you don't truly know. If you guys remember, you remember Landry Fields. Like he had like one really good rookie year, and then he was nothing after that. He's just a random Spike Lee jersey. Um, I listen. I I personally would if you think you can go get another big fish in free agency. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what it is. Why can't you go and get uh, the dude from the, the first, I forget his name, Kawhi Leonard? Like, why can't you go get Kawhi, Kawhi? Leonard too? Yeah. No, I mean you gotta open. You gotta get up to stars to get stars in this league, you know. And and Dame Lillard is a star, and you saw it in Portland. R.J. Barrett is not, and he never will be. And quickly, uh, like you a, said, you a, never he's know. He's not. He's like the third best guy you want to title with. That's yes, yeah. exactly. It's not going to be yep. anything high. I agree. As much as I like And, him. Frank, you said 90% of people would or wouldn't. 90% of Knicks fans would not do this trade. Oh, my God. They wouldn't. But yeah. I guess they yes. just have a hard-on for winning a one playoff game and getting bounced right away. They're so just enjoy very – they think that um, – the culture is more important and they want to keep things intact. And also like Thibodeau like runs guys into the ground. He's like, yeah, he does. He's like a good version of Gase. If Gase was like an actual good coach, but the way he runs these guys into the ground, like it happened with like Jimmy Butler, Derek Rose, all these guys just play so many minutes at like young ages. And then they just are disastrous. Like they long-term injuries and it never really works out like that. So. Martino All right, Martino, let's uh, <laughs> let's um, let's transition, man, because uh, I have a oh, yeah. question I want to ask you, and um, I'll wait until the end to ask you. It though it's a little bit of an odd question, but uh, we have Martino Puccio. Follow Martino on Twitter. He likes to tweet. He's a big tweet Twitter kind of God, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a contributor for Syria Betting at the Athletic. Uh, he's a host and producer of the award-winning State of play pod i don't why didn't you ever invite me on these things man you're doing all this you want to you want to you want to talk about uh second league french players frank you can if you want uh, I'm down. Know I'll about, we, we I know love, frank has a hard on for the french soccer team the overrated french soccer team right yes and, and french fr- french women we'll get into montreal later uh, the, the best <laughs> numero uno we say but french, <laughs> french that's what you're gonna call you now francisco <laughs> But uh, Martino, Martino is a huge soccer fan. We'll Mm. jump right into him. Martino, I will ask you, though, who is the favorite right now to win the Euro Cup? So betting-wise or just like public favorite? Betting-wise, England moved back to the favorite again. They've been the favorite like since the odds came out. Wait, Um, really? Yeah. Because I'm not really sure why. I don't even remember the last time they made a final. I think the last time they made a final in international tournaments when they won it in 66 for the World Cup. So they always fall short. It's just a it's a hype thing. Um, yeah, it's dumb. Spain are actually ahead of Italy, and then it's Italy and then Belgium. Um, that's just with the odds, it's just really about your path to it. Because Belgium, is that because either... Italy played badly yeah. against, yeah. against no, Austria. it's a path that that makes sense. It's because Italy yeah. plays Belgium, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's literally what it is. And um, now that De Bruyne's playing, I'm sure they've shifted because um, they were just obviously like lying about it. And then England only plays – the only game that they're going to play outside of England is this game this weekend. Um, they win this, the semifinals at Wembley, the finals at Wembley. 
and they would have played every single game. So that's mostly why it's like that. And then they have the easier side of the bracket. But overall, if you talk to people who watch it and have seen every game, they say Italy's the favorite right now because no one's played better than them um, in general. Whether score lines, you watch the games itself. Um, you know, England hasn't conceded a goal, but they've looked worse than Italy has. So, I mean, it, it all depends on who you talk to, you know. What's your biggest concern with Italy? I don't really have one. I, I, th- I think it's maybe just health of certain players. I just – there's no real weakness within the team. Um, I think it's just – Striking, you, you don't think scoring is still a bit yeah. of a weakness? No. I mean, you could say that for every team to an extent, they, but – It's just hard to score in this sport. It's yeah, not, it's it not like it's – if you're creating chances, that's all that matters. If you're getting open yeah. looks in basketball, you're fine. They're going to fall eventually. Um, they had like 12 shots in the first half against Austria. Just some of them weren't as quality. You hit the post on some of them. Um, and those games drag out. The longer like teams that aren't as good like Austria get deeper into some of these games, they're just going to be more defensive. And that's kind of what's happened. But they'll be fine in my opinion. Um, Is Chiellini playing tomorrow? He should be, yeah. Okay. He was training prior to the last game, but they didn't want to push it because um, they saw this matchup. Because Lukaku's never beaten them in Serie A. So – that's like a big thing. He's wow, he's probably great. the one, the best defender that knows how to play him because mm-hmm. all these guys just get overpowered by him. And it's funny that like a 36, 37-year-old <laughs> want to handle this beast. I mean, he's just ridiculous. So of these like lesser teams, right, the Switzerland, the Ukraine, uh, the underdog teams, who's the best one out of the, I guess, Denmark. the four Denmark's other teams? The Denmark? Denmark's the and they, best, And yeah. they squeak, kind of squeaked into the, uh, to the round they of 16, did. right? I mean – I mean, I think they rebounded well when your captain dies, you know, like on the field. Yeah, like, that. like he was literally dead, and then they yeah. revived him with the defibrillator. Um, they played well against Belgium. I mean, Belgium mm-hmm. brought off the best midfielder in the world in the second yeah. half. Like that's the, like that's the difference. Um, but they played them very tight. They scored all those goals against Russia. They took a dump on Wales, like to mm-hmm. – to keep it as professional as possible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it was for nothing. It could have been worse. Um, and then they have another good matchup. I think the Czech Republic's been lucky, too. They're not even, like, that good like that. They won off a red card because Matthias Delict, who plays for Juve, got that red card in the 55th minute. It, you're, the game's a lot easier that way. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're past the best. I, I think the Ukraine's pretty good, too. I mean – it's going to be tough. I think England finally concedes a goal, but never you never truly know in some of these games. I thought Martino, they were lost Tell the, tell the <laughs> audience a little bit about what happened with England because they had a rough stretch for a long time. They were one of the premier teams in Europe for, for, for ages, and then over the last 20 years, they've really struggled to get back to where um, they used to be, and now it seems like their fans are excited again. So what's the, what's the difference now? Who's Who's like the player to watch, or who is the is there, um, is there coaching better? I mean, what's going I on? I think it's just the um, just better de- youth development in general. Um, a lot of the, a lot of their players they never really used to develop. When the Premier League started getting really good, they were just buying foreign players. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't a ton of English guys. Yeah. And then whatever English guys they had um, playing, they were really good, but it wasn't just a full team. Like, they didn't even make the Euros in 2008. They missed out on that when they had a bunch of really good players like Beckham, Lampard, Gerrard. They had all those guys. They didn't make it. They usually suck in the Euros. This yeah. this yeah. year was the first year they won their opening game. 
like we're talking about, we're going back to like 1960 or whenever it started at that point, I think it was 1960. Um, and they're just genuinely overhyped and overrated. A lot of it's just the coverage over here and their coverage mm-hmm. out there, the way they promote everything. Like their league wasn't the best league in the world until like the mid 2000s is when it started shifting that way. Um, and honestly, they've had fortunate paths. They didn't play anyone really that great in the 2018 World Cup. They were the, the best team they ended up playing was Croatia. It had like Tunisia, they played Panama. It like it wasn't crazy tough on them. Um, but now I think there's a much better team, and Jack Grealish is definitely the guy. Um, that's probably lesser known throughout the you know, more I guess common fans. I guess you could say casual fans that kind of watch. But now he's obviously he's gonna be moving to Manchester City most likely for like a hundred million pounds. So he's not that big of a deal anymore. But um He's played like 115 minutes and he has in the most assists for England and some of the, I think he actually has the most in the tournament. So um, he's a beast. Their story a little bit reminds me of Italy's story when we didn't qualify in 2018. Um, and we, you speak to Italians and, and you look deeper into it and they're all pissed off because they're <laughs> not developing homegrown talent in Syria. They're buying all these players from other countries to come in and play. And when you buy someone from Spain or Brazil or or Germany to come play in Italy for your teams and your players aren't playing, they never develop. They don't play against quality talent. They start playing on series on series B teams, and you never get a good, you never get have a good national team. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just that's how soccer is. It's it's a lot different. I mean, it's a much different um, it's a much different perspective on how to build something uh, than it is here in the states where. There's no unity if you're on the Yankees having – I mean, there is a farm system, but you can basically bring in guys You don't choose. You, you don't choose to go there. Yeah, it has Unless nothing to like do with where you're from. you're an international guy, and even then it's limited international money with that. I mean, listen, they were, they were more talented with the team heading into those World Cup qualifiers than they were in the last two Euros, honestly, and even the last yeah. World Cup. It's just they were just piggybacking off Pirlo and, you know, the defense. That's really what it was. It, there wasn't any talent like that, but they got the worst manager they ever could have had. And the and the league's done a better job of forcing teams to have a certain amount of homegrown players from your youth academy. And you also have to have a certain amount of Italian players on your team. Because if you don't, then, you know, what you were talking about happens, where a lot of guys don't get opportunities. Um, and then also it's just their infrastructure is terrible. There's, like, they're idiots out there. They're just very stubborn people that don't get – like, all these teams don't own their stadiums. There's two teams in Serie A that own their stadium. You saw your Nick, Yeah. So they, they, the always, they always rent. They always um, – Oh, really? They're, they're owned by, like, municipalities. Oh, Italians so love they, to rent, that's for sure. <laughs> I you're mean, not gonna get, You're not getting that check on the first or the fifth. But <laughs> Go ask Mike Piazza about it if you ever saw it. Oh, I heard that with his wife, right? Something crazy. What happened? Yeah, his wife was just, like, sitting there. Like, her face wasn't moving because of all the Botox and all that stuff. And he's just, like, <laughs> yelling and smashing. Every time I see him, his hairline's just getting – he's just holding on to it. It's Poor like guy. a widow's peak. I know. It's miserable. That's our guy, but – I mean, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else. Uh, so Marty, now I had a random question about the world cup. So mm-hmm. it's, so they're, it's play, they're playing it in Qatar, right? Next mm-hmm. year, but is it yeah, it's scheduled year. into being November Yeah. of what? November of 22, 22. Yeah. 
next next November. So you have to go through all like, next summer, and then that, and and is that like set in stone, or is it still up in the air? It's set in stone. That's been That's so stupid. Probably yeah, like in twenty twelve. I mean, it's like the most corrupt thing like to ever exist. <laughs> probably they they rigged all the votes. It's been on record and recorded by journalists that were like threatened to be killed. That there was. Two to three million dollars paid towards each voter for a country. So, like, someone represents like Saudi Arabia or Slovenia or whatever country like that, and they put in their vote to who they think should host the World Cup next go around. They paid them like two to three million per vote to vote for Qatar. Um, and then the way they built it is it's in the desert. They built yeah. a brand new city, and it's billions of dollars worth of stuff, and they get. People from like young kids from like 19, wow. 20 years old, like from Sri Lanka. Uh, who do you call it? Jeremy Shep did a whole thing on this mm-hmm. on E60. And these kids are going out there, thousands of them in the desert, building these stadiums, these these rooms and stuff, and um, like hotels or, or, or like shops to for people to go stay in, like tourists and all this stuff. And the kids were dying of heart attacks um, in the Christ. extreme heat. It's like a what? you know it could be like up to 110 degrees. Um, they work from 9 a.m. to 9 at night. The Our rooms team's that gonna they bail stay in, out of this, huh? Our team's going to bail out of this because of no, you know, situations like that. Like you think? Well, you what's think the weather like in Qatar in, in November? Yeah, it's, it's it ridiculous. Like... Um, it's the coolest time yeah. that they could do it, and it kind of just like it's going to interrupt a lot of things. Like the season yeah. is going on in Europe at that time, so they got to figure in like condensed schedule when they're able to go how they put these seasons on pause you know because sometimes in the mls they play during the world cup and some of these Mm -hmm. teams like lose all their top players so stuff like that changes um and that's like a lot of money involved for these clubs because they depend on revenue for like champions league money that they get from the tvs and stuff but they have to put it in from november 15th to december 15th it's around then that's when it's going to be and i know selfishly like you know but you look at the American TV deals are huge and they're you're, amazing. you're <laughs> tapping into the middle of football season. Now, you know, the, the November to December push is the heart of the football season and you're going to have a hard time. Be during Thanksgiving. Especially, yeah. Like you have the casual soccer fans here are not going to skip out on, you know, Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays of football to watch, you know, the world cup, especially if the U S team is terrible, which they always well, the are. So, I mean, that's going to hurt. The time of those games too. I, I got to think the like U.S. The team like looking. This is the most talented team they ever had, in my opinion. I heard that. Really? They definitely crazy. are. They definitely are. They're the mo- they have the most ever Champions League players yeah. on their team um, that they've ever had. Um, and don't listen to any, like, idiots that say, like, the teams from, like, 2006 or 2010 were better. They're not. They're just – they're just—they're not even—they're not even remotely close to. What about that. the defense and the goalie? How, that was how a, well. The defense, the two center backs are—I don't like them that much. Jonathan Brooks is like their guy, but he's not—he's not even a quality. Like he wouldn't start for a Champions League level team, so he's not even like that good. Um, he's good for USA and what we expect. Mm-hmm. Um, goalkeeper is probably their best. Um, Zach Steffen's awesome. He's a backup at Man City. Um, Havrath was the other backup guy. He came in. If you guys saw that game against Mexico, you probably mm-hmm. probably got. You probably, um, Wait, so our goalkeeper's a backup on a, on a club team? A Man City, mm-hmm. yeah. Man well, City. Though. What, what do you rather him? What do you rather him be playing? Yeah, that's though? what people. That's come what on. You want get. like competitive? Yeah. You want to be in competitive play? I I rather someone be in competitive yeah. uh, play than be a backup on 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 one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. No, 
That's a, that's what a lot of people kind of have beef with. But I yeah. mean, they play but he's, so he, many. Man games. City is one of the top teams in the world. So I yeah, mean, and he plays behind a top five goalkeeper in the world. So he's never seeing the field, anyways. The only time is if it's like these stupid cup matches that England have just for money purposes, like ESPN Plus to like pick it up because people are tuning Jocker. in and all that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, that's I mean that's it. But I'm I'm sure he'll leave eventually. I mean he's got to in the next year or two because. You you're right. You can't just like sit on the bench. It's not yeah, a good not experience fun. at all. Yeah. All right. Before yeah. we let you go, Marty, we're gonna get you out of here and go through some baseball stuff quick. Who is your <laughs> final? Who's the Cup final? Uh, two teams and winner. Final two teams: Italy versus Denmark. Just because I don't like England, um, <laughs> and then Italy will win it. I've said Italy right. was gonna win this one since like 2018. I'm a sicko wow. like that. Um, I said the same thing with France before they won it, but um, I didn't bet on them. I ended up betting on Brazil like an idiot, so I went back on my word. Um, but I think Italy will. Um, I just think they're a better team. But uh, That's the rule with betting. Whenever you're yeah. confident with something in your heart, you don't put money on it. Then you overthink something, and you think you can analyze it yeah. right, and you're always wrong. It's That's yeah. the life of, it's, uh, yeah. it's a lose -lose. of anyone who bets. Yeah, literally. All right, Martino. Ci vediamo, amico. Domani alle tre. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. All right. Cut their heads off. See you, dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. No Later, problem. Dude. All right. All right, guys. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump into some baseball talk right now. So um, Martino again, big soccer guy. We're trying to get more into soccer here at the U. Nick and I love it. We just do. But uh, but diving yeah, into the baseball. International stuff. I love. I'm not a. Still very casual on the club side, but the international stuff, I'm, I'm all about that. I love these tournaments. Yeah, they're great. They need to do a little bit more with the club stuff. It's too all over the place. There's too many yeah. leagues, too many teams. It's a yep. mess. And they play like um, weird seasons. Like it's always going on, I feel like. Yeah. Well, speaking of weird, um, <laughs> yesterday in baseball was really, really weird um, because you had the Mets who uh, started the game with a two-run home run by Pete Alonso and the owner both. This, guy, this guy's got to delete his Twitter. He has this to. Guy, I love him, but he's a complete asshole at the yeah, same time. I like I love him and I hate him at the same time. So I'm like neutral on him, but he's like, does this qual does that qualify as offense? Then they end up losing 20. They didn't score again. Like, Nick, they, they gave hit a two-run home run in the first. They're up 2 and nothing, and then they – the uh the Braves scored 20 runs. It's like it's 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 literally unheard of. Literally, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, the funniest part about it was that the owner actually posted <laughs> does this qualify as offense? Then the other team scores 20 runs. <laughs> like I don't know. That's a football score. Yeah, I mean the guy like <laughs> I don't know the snarky like. Look, I, I like that Will the Will Ponds are gone, and I like that he's come and he spent a little. You know, he spent some money, even though Lindor's contract is awful. Um, the the tweets, man. Like, if it's not the the whole uh, the big not the Bitcoin the the crypto stuff that happened a couple months ago, and then he definitely you know, was involved with that. that. Of course, I mean he's got some shady stuff on, on his resume, but. Um, you know, coming out and just these tweets every day are just so like snarky and condescending. And I'm like, and I tweet from the U Stadium baseball account at him all the time. I'm like, 
Oh, that's yeah, the one your account. Using. I send the uh, the Eddie the Mush from Bronxdale gift <laughs> uh, to him yesterday, and Met fans get so mad because they're like they're so defensive of the Mets, and it's so funny. But um, I mean, the guy is just like you can't be tweet like the team has scored. It takes them, I think it takes eight. They have scored twenty runs in eight games. Like it's <laughs> taken them eight, taking them eight games to score twenty ones, and the Braves put up twenty yesterday on you last <laughs> night. So it was just actually, I kind of I was. As a Met fan, obviously not happy about it, but I was happy kind of that he kind of got shoved in the face a little bit because, like, the team isn't very good. I mean, they've, they've squeaked by because their pitching has been insane. Jacob DeGrom's is, like, the best pitcher ever. Tylen Walker has been a great signing. Stroman's been good. He's kind of faded a bit lately, which I When's Syndergaard coming he's back? very good. Probably not. I mean, Carrasco will be back before him. I mean, well, what's maybe up with Syndergaard? Why isn't Syndergaard back? He had a, an, another elbow issue. He had Tommy John in – March of last year. Yeah, but he should season. be back. Missed all of last year. Well, he was rehabbing to come back. They thought he was going to be back like July, late July. Um, they shut him down for six weeks, so he hasn't even been throwing. So I think the six weeks will probably be up like next week. So then he'll start to slowly ramp up again. But I just don't think the guy's going to be back. I just don't trust that he's going to be back. And the same thing with Carlos Carrasco. Like he hasn't pitched all year. He's had the hamstring injury. Then he had an, an arm in injury, like ramping back up. So he's been out. Uh, I think he'll make, you know, I guess, maybe make a start before Syndergaard does, but you can't count on that either. But, like, the pitching's not the problem. They have the lowest ERA in baseball. Like, the starters, even, like, a guy, Taylor McGill, comes in and he gives you three runs in six innings. Like, you should win games like that, but the offense is the lowest, like, average in, in and runs scored in baseball. Like, the, the offense is terrible, and it's, uh, it's healthy again. Like, you have Conforto and McNeil back. Alonzo's been back, but these guys just aren't playing well. And this core offensive core is just not any good. And I hope that they don't. My problem with this was like it's a fluky year because the NL East is terrible. You know, there there are two games up on Washington now. Um, I just hope this this isn't just like some false like gives you some false positivity because I'm not signing Conforto back. I've seen enough of the guy. I think you need to upgrade from him. I'll let him walk because he wants really? like 100. Yeah, he wants like 100. I know you, I love man. the guy. You've been, you've been huge yeah. on him for, for years. He's soured in the past two, two and a half years. He's just not – he's too streaky of a hitter. Um, and he wants – look, if it was a, a more of a reasonable deal, I'd bring him back. But if he wants upwards of $150 million, I'll let him go. We're already stuck with this Lindor contract. You know what happens with some players sometimes? I think it's – not only about their game and how they play from a physical perspective, a lot of it's about their personality. Mm-hmm. How what kind of what kind of guy is this? Do people like being around him? Is he is he preparing well? Is he is he engaging with people on his team with fans? Do does he have a good energy? I mean, outside of like the mental part of it about the preparation and the discipline, because I think f- for the most part, a lot of these players are physically and in ways mentally gifted. They've mm-hmm. gotten to a point where they're the top uh, of the echelon in terms of right. uh, players sure. in their sport, in the world. And I think personality has something to do with it. And I feel like sometimes some of these guys just don't have – like Syndergaard, for example, who we were just talking about. He's I feel like it doesn't have – yeah, it doesn't have that personality of, of someone that's going to be great. You know, like look, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got – say what you want about him. He's got a great personality. I mean, for the most part, he's cool. He's talking to this guy. He gets drunk at the thing. He's always, he's, you know, he has a good personality. It's taken him a little bit, though. To, it has. The first, well, first few years, he was very he was never. 
Uh, I, I actually disagree with that. I think he was unlikable because we were Jet fans and they were winning so much. But I always remember when we were growing up, always remember telling you, like, Brady's actually pretty cool. He's just a cool dude. Like, yeah, he's a little arrogant or whatever in a sense, but a lot of these guys are. But for the most part, he's cool. He's not like – he's not closed off. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised someone like Antonio Brown, like, gets along with Brady. Like, anyone gets along with Brady. You know, it's like – it doesn't matter who you are in a sense, you know, you could be a psychopath and you'll get along with Brady or you could be the stiffest person to walk this planet and you can get along with Brady. So I think it's something to be said about his personality, whether or not you like him or not, it's different, but I think yeah. he's just open, I guess is the right way. And some of these guys are just, they're assholes are closed off. They don't want to talk to people. And uh, when it comes time for someone to defend you or um, to, you know, rub your back, quote unquote, they won't, they won't go the extra mile for you. And that might be a teammate. That might be a coach, uh, might be a staff member. So uh, it's interesting how, how I, I've seen that pattern now, as I've gotten older watching sports, personality means a lot. Um, yeah. You know who I love their personality just because Splash is commenting in, in, in our chat. I love Lamar Jackson's personality. I literally, I think he has an amazing personality. I think he's cool. He's engaging. He's fun. People like him. The coaches like him. I think if Lamar Jackson had RG3's personality, who ironically was backing him up, I think they would start maybe looking, not necessarily in hard, but they'd start, uh, maybe we got some other, some other prospects out there. No, Lamar's our guy. I'm, I'm telling you, there's something to be said. No, Splash, RG3's not goofy. Trust me. He's, RG3's a prick. He's, a, <laughs> he's an arrogant Thinks he's better than everybody else. He's RG three is a complete prick, thick and through. He's not goofy, not at all. <laughs> he's a military like minded like prick. I know everything. You can go screw yourself. I'm not saying military minded's bad. I'm just saying in general, like he's he's that kind of guy. But whatever. Um. All right, Nick. Just to wrap up the show. Um. Well, you can we're shit gonna on go your Yankees for a minute. We're not gonna let you off the hook there. <laughs> In three, all right. Give me three moves right now you'd make to fix the Yankees. I, I don't. I personally think the season's over. I don't think they're making the playoffs. They have to go something like I saw the number. They have to go like something crazy, uh, like forty-two and or some forty-two and thirty in this, or you know, forty-eight and thirty in the second half um, to make the playoffs. Like I, I think the season's over for them. But going forward, are you tra are you selling off guys? Are you going to try and buy players at the deadline to move up to try and make a move? Selling, selling off guys. Um, I you think selling Judge? No, absolutely not. Even Best player on the team. Yeah, but is he someone only, you're going to pay that big contract only, to? The only player on the team, the only player on the team that uh, let me tell you that is actually producing at their expected level, literally. Look at the Yankees' numbers. Look at the entire lineup. Go down and look at everyone's average. Go look at everyone's numbers. Go look at all the pitchers' ERA. Look at their strikeout-to-walk to ratio, whatever. He is the only one who is playing at his expected level. He's not playing above his expected level, but he's batting 285. He has uh, 18 home runs. He has a 2.6 war, which is pretty good. He has 42 RBIs. the only one. Um, well, I say that because he would bring the most value back. And are you going to pay a guy who's going to be 30 with the injury issues on a team that's like up in the air right now? 
The thing is, Nick, you get rid of Aaron Judge, let's just say. You get back a bunch of prospects. You get back two, you know, hot pitching prospects, and you maybe get, like, a nice hitter, you know. Wh- who is that person going to play with? This lineup is – it's not good. And yeah. it's funny because – not that – to my own horn, I was listening to WFN today, and they were describing the Yankees as having no soul and looking like they didn't want to be out there. Go back to the first show, uh, the first opening day show that we had. We had a show on opening day they when the lost, Yankees right? played. They lost, and I said exactly what was said today after mm-hmm. we're like halfway through the season. This team looked like they didn't want to be out there today. I am worried about this season. And everyone was like, you know, people, my friends and stuff, people out, you know, commenting on the show were like, oh, it's an overreaction. And it was to an extent. But when you see something like that, yeah. it just never leaves. The energy's not there. DJ LeMay, got paid. He doesn't care much anymore. They had a pretty good game yesterday. Luke's been hurt all year. Sanchez, you should have got rid of Sanchez. Well, you could ago. trade him now, man. It's the highest value he's going to have. Trade him now, you'll get a nice return. Tell me yeah. if the team's gonna want a catcher who can hit like him. You Moving Glaber right to shortstop was the worst move in the world. Yeah. That was such a bad idea. The guy's just thinking yeah, more about fielding good. balls than he is hitting. So it's just not where uh where he should be. They need to they should come out today or tomorrow, whenever I know the asshole Hal, whatever the what the hell kind of name is Hal. Um Hal Steinbrenner had a press conference today and um he uh he's just blaming everyone but himself. Dude, you're a shitty owner. You don't know what you're doing. You should go in there or and and and, and prompt um Cashman and Co. Because I'm not even gonna say Aaron Boone because that guy has no power over anything. Uh, prompt your your posse to put Glaber back at second. Say hey, we're gonna put Glaber back at second. Change things up. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start. I don't know, Tyler Wade every day in right field, let's just say. Do something. Like, start yeah. something. Move Clint Frazier. We've been trying with Clint Frazier, Frazier forever. People with Clint Frazier, move him. And Duhar's okay, but do you want to play him or not? Say, hey, we're going to go Tyler Wade and Duhar. Sanchez is available. We're going to build this team around Aaron Judge. We're fielding offers. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else you, you can do. Domingo yeah. Herman's been a disaster, and he was good yeah, last year. Yeah, you probably just got to wash your hands with that guy. Especially with what he's got yeah. going on in personal life and stuff. I think, you know, I think the, the, another similar to the Mets, like this core of the Yankee team probably has to be broken up. I, I mean, I don't think, I, you know, you have Cole who you can't get rid of and you wouldn't anyway. Um, Stanton, you can't get rid of. Nobody's taking that contract. So you're stuck with him, which sucks because he just eats up that DH spot and you can't save Judge by DHing him, you know, twice a week and keep getting him off his feet in right field. You can't. You know, DH and and play the the backup uh, Higashioka catcher and DH Sanchez and, and get him off his feet back there. So it's killing the Yankees that that DH spot is just getting sucked up by Stanton. So that move is a move, honestly, that's going to probably ruin Brian Cashman's tenure here as he as the Yankees GM because he didn't have to go do. He should have had the hindsight to see, like, I don't have to go and trade. I know I didn't get much for give up much for him. But I took on a, an aging player. I mean, I know he was still relatively young, but you knew Stanton was a limited player, and yeah. you could have not made that move, and you could have, you know, had so much roster flexibility, and not not to mention financial flexibility for the Yankees to go out because, you know, everybody likes to say oh, the Yankees are just going to spend and spend. They're not. This isn't the same Yankees with George Steinbrenner. Like they are financially 
you know, more frugal than they've ever been. And they're up against that, that luxury tax and they're not going past it. Like they actually, you know, reset and, and did, you know, didn't sign players last year to reset that luxury tax. So you're not talking about the same team that's just going to go spend, spend, spend. So that Stanton moves hurts them a lot more than it would have in like 1998 or 99. So there's a lot more issues on this Yankee team. Like the pitching after Garrett Cole is not good. And Cashman has kept trying with these guys. Hap, Sonny Gray didn't work, even though he worked somewhere else. Uh, uh, Tyon is terrible. So like these moves that he's making to get these like third, fourth starters, you know, to buy them low and see if they can develop them. He just hasn't been able to. So, you know, Corey Kluber obviously has pitched well, so but he got hurt. It, there's a, there's a, the Yankees are in, in a really bad spot, and, and teams like Toronto are, are getting better. Boston, you know, they brought in, you know, their new GM, and he's proven, you know, to come from t- uh, Tampa. You obviously, obviously have Tampa. Like, those three teams are getting better, where the Yankees are kind of staying in the middle, and they're not getting any better or younger, so – I think they're in a bit of a, a, tr- a bit of trouble here, and it doesn't seem like there's any prospects on the horizon that are going to really come up and try and like you know inject some life. I mean, you could bring up Florial, but is is he ready? I mean, I don't know. So it's they're they're in a tough spot. That's why I would go out and I would sell. I would trade Chapman. I would trade Sanchez. Um, I would look to really kind of sell off anything you can. I don't think Luke Voigt is any good. I wouldn't have him as my you know future plans at first base. I would literally throw Stanton. And play and and all winter and all spring, I would give him a first base glove and say the only way you're playing on this team is you're playing first base three days a week and you're DHing two to two to three days a week. I agree. You can't eat up the DH spot anymore. If you're going to be on this team and we're not going to do some kind of buyout, you have to learn how to play some first base. The thing I don't understand is how does a GM of a baseball team actually have the decency to say to an organization that we're going to build a team strictly with home run hitting players. Yeah. They stacked an entire lineup of guys that cannot play the field that just can hit home runs. The mm-hmm. whole fucking lineup is home run hitter, home run hitter, home run hitter, home run hitter, home run hitter. That's it. Nobody knows how to develop a run. These guys haven't bunted since fucking middle school. Yeah. This team is terrible. They need to just, they, they need to get rid of these guys. That's it. Yeah, they need to it's, it's but you very keep heavily analytic. But, but, yeah, all right. But you keep I, I hear judge. you. I hear yeah. you. And but, um, I, heard, I saw the Bobby Bo quote from my mom down there. I know oh, you were yeah. excited about that one. Um, but, hey, I mean. You said that earlier, but, yeah, it is Bobby Bonilla Day. Con- uh, congrats or I don't know what to say. Uh, Agudi. Uh, what's the, the, the deferred payment is, uh, is coming yeah. in every July 1. Good for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Degrom pitches tonight, so I don't <laughs> think the Braves will be scoring 20 runs. They they first pitch I think is in a few minutes. I don't know splash if it's raining in Atlanta. It always seems like it is, so we'll see about that. And, Braves will have um, zero runs tonight. <laughs> for, I think for, one on, on Degrom they'll have zero. Then the reliever will come and they'll have one and they'll beat the Mets one nothing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless unless uh, Degrom has an RBI himself or two, which he seems to to do every week. But um, what about the right. Subway Series? What do you think? The three games. I think you guys got us. Two out of three? Two one, yeah. All right. I think the Yankees I mean, win two I, out of three. I'm, I would never have thought I would say that, but I'm so down on this team and so are majority of fans. But um, Grom, Nick, You're going to miss the Grom, so you're lucky with that. True that. Um, although I wanted the Yankees to, to I know. The if the Mets would have gotten rained out tonight, I think they would have been in line for the Grom Cole, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but it would have been, uh, been close. But they should have made that happen. In some I way. know. Baseball doesn't do stuff like that. They they don't know how to do stuff like that. Um, they really don't. 
All right, so let's go through it, Nick. We have uh, – I'm going to give you three teams. Tell me if they're going to win the championship in their perspective sport. So last night the Phoenix Suns uh, have advanced to the NBA Finals. Congrats to the Good. Suns. Good for them. Happy for yeah, CP3. Yeah. Yeah, they have a really nice team. Um, I, th- I, I think they're the favorites at this point. They just they're consistent at every level. Well, they're healthy. They're the only healthy team left. Yeah. So, Nick, Phoenix Suns, yay or nay? Yeah. Are they going to yay. win the finals? Yay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easily. Easily versus all right. Series Five versus games. the Hawks. Five, Five versus the Hawks. Yeah. Bucks. Yeah. How many games? I think the Hawks are going to beat. Oh, they would. They would sweep the Bucks. Ah. That's tough. I think this. I think the Hawks are going to win the the ser- the Buck series, and I think uh, I think the Suns beat them in five. It depends on Trey Young. We'll see tonight, but yeah. All right, cool. So uh, the uh, the Vegas Lightning, Nick, are up two zero in oh, the, the Stanley Lightning Cup nasty. Finals. Bursch so, was at the game last night. Yeah, our I boy saw the Bursch. Jack show after the game. I'm uh I'm all in on the Lightning. Oh yeah. So Bursch is saying the so well he just said the Suns in six. Bursch, who do you got? Lightning and what? Because I know you're a big guy. Uh, He's a lightning, lightning fan. He's from Tampa Bay. Bursch, yeah. what what do you got the, the lightning, dude? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go out on a limb because oh, yes. <laughs> we just spoke about France with, with Martino. I've been getting this French vibe lately. Montreal, baby, is one of the best cities in the world. It is an amazing place. If you haven't been to Montreal, just don't go in the winter. Go to Montreal. It is one of the finest cities for a variety of reasons in, in the world. I have a feeling Montreal is going to make this a series. I'm going to say this. It's going to go seven games. It's going to go. If I had to make a bet, I'm not going to say Montreal is going to win, but I think it's going to go seven. Montreal is going to, going to, come, out, going to come out hot. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a hot city, Nick. I'm out on Montreal no. since Splash and Jack taught me on uh, their post-game shows that they've been doing after the the finals games and the Eastern Conference and Western that Montreal hasn't gone to the Cup since, like, the 90s, and they're supposed to be, like, the the granddaddy of, of the sport. So, no, that Montreal is not doing anything. Lightning are going to win easily. I'm telling you, Montreal's a What's your third for me? Third is Italia. Oh yeah, they're gonna win. The, the Azuri, two, what, what do you got? Two one. Three one. Three one tomorrow. Oh, nice. Three one. That would be a nice one. Yeah. A late goal. It'll be two one okay. up until late. All right, all right. I like that. They score yeah. off like a counter. You know, Belgium's pressing, pressing. De Bruyne is trying to tie it up and Italy scores on a counter to win like to that. seal it. All right, so let's end the show. Um Shout out to everyone listening. We're going to post this in our podcast as always. You can check out that out on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. It's Time Out with You Stadium. Brie wasn't in tonight. Uh, she was having um, power difficulties um, and tech problems. So she'll be on next week. We'll get it rolling again next week. It was a dead period in the NFL too. Um, so it's it's a, it was a tough one to do with, with NFL stuff. We just could talk about Dan Snyder. But next week we'll have a show with some more NFL topics. Training uh, just camp starting soon. Three, four yeah, weeks. Training camp starting. Yeah, yeah, three and a half weeks. Training camp will start, which will be nice. Um, the Trevor Bauer story we didn't get to. In a nutshell, the guy's a maniac. He's insane. You can tell by watching uh, watching him talk or reading his tweets. The guy's nuts in the head. So these stories are probably all true. Now, is the girlfriend or something going too much with it? I don't know. Maybe that's for your, your calling. But if you're dating Trevor Bauer, there's probably something wrong with you. So uh, that's all I'm saying. 
uh, about that situation. There's something wrong with you if you're dating Trevor Bauer. Can we agree on that? I mean, Trevor Bauer is definitely odd. That's for sure. He's a weird dude. He might be a lot worse than odd. We'll see. Yeah. But um, that was Nick's nickname in, in, in college, by the way. We, we used what? to call you uh, Mr. Power Bauer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick was a hottie. Comes, Nick was a hottie in high school, by the way. Nick used to – all the girls used to love – you know, all the girls used to love Nick in high school. We used to have parties. We used to have Nick calling girls from our grade because, I mean, you're above him. The grade above us and the grade below him. This kid would be calling girls in the entire freaking the high school. facilitator for, like Jason yeah. Kidd. This kid would invite people. In, Most underrated in, point guard in ba- basketball history. That's Steve Nash, Nick. We spoke about that last week. Couldn't hold what his a, jock. What a job Steve Nash did. Great coach. <laughs> All right, guys. That's time out with you, Stadium. Shout-outs to Splash, our producer. Shout-outs to everyone out there um, that has supported us throughout the way. The merch shop is going to launch with some cool shit soon, so make sure you uh, – you look out for that. And, uh, and yeah, that's time out. You can get a mug, too. We out. See ya. That's it for this episode of Time Out with You Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the U Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show. 